Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Everybody, and welcome to We Say Things episode 164. Sunspan 164. Here with Cinderin. Are you, you have something against 164? Are you, no, do you like 164 in particular? Not in particular. I think I just have more energy than usual for the start of the podcast oh. because I woke up earlier because I slept really terribly this night. Oh, I don't know how much total sleep I've got compi- compounded, but. I feel like I woke up like 20 times. Did you have caffeine late at and night? I never really fell asleep. No. Yeah. I don't know. It was really weird. This like never happens to me. But mm. I consider me unstable. Wow. Very interesting beginning of this podcast. You're welcome. I didn't thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's say thanks to our beautiful patrons uh, from the In Bruges tier. We got Lab Dota. Freezy. You took the first half. I know. Freezy TM. Yataro does it again. Cinderin. A Scorpy. Obi Wan cannot blow me anymore as my heart belongs to Cinderin. Mr. Stark, I don't feel too good about PGL's ad. What is the meaning of life? Answer me, please. Oscar Seeker. Make Drow great again. Roundy three. The P stands for please, Valve. Please give marketing. You'll have done a good job when my grandma learns of Dota from the news. Disco Farm D. <sighs> I am once again asking you to say my name. Simple Stooge, Silly Stooge, Salacious Stooge, Citizen Stooge, Scathing Stooge, Sen. Milan, Miami, the Mega Pope, and it's over Anakin. I have the high ground. And also thank you to We Say Thanks That Do Not Mean Anything. So thanks for listening. TI New Zealand, Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, Zero One, Hemscroats, Bacon, Shark TM, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, Janie, Dop, Nothing to See Here, Underscore Man. You can listen to my song Ouvrement by Florico on Spotify. Can we get Seb on the podcast? Parenthesis, not an ad. <laughs> ben Broomhead can't believe they didn't do Faceless Rex for the Arcana. Wooden Aftertaste Anonymous and Peter Orca Whales have been seen actively hunting moose in Canada. Nibbling. Moose? Oh. That sounds like How shallow do you hunt water. moose as a whale? I don't know. Do you just, like, jump out of the water with your head and then snap them and then go back in? Cinder, did you know... How big is an orca whale? I mean, they're probably the smaller of the whales, I would assume. They're killer whales, right? The black and white yeah. ones. Those, those are... Definitely smaller than some of the big ones. They are... Hmm. There's a picture here that compares it to a human. It's did like you know, three times as long as a human. It's so like six meters big. Senderin, did you know when I was... I was Sit fascinated down. by this. And this is a, a tangent here. This was not on the schedule here, but... Or not on the outline. You know, the whole evolution thing. When people... 
you know, there's certain people that don't believe in evolution, which is, you know, it's their right to be incorrect. That's fine. But mm -hmm. when you bring up the fact that whales have legs, skeletal, like the skeleton of their legs that don't work anymore, mm -hmm. isn't that just fucking incredible? They started, that's why they're mammals. They started on land. They had mm -hmm. legs. They used them. And they ended up evolving into water creatures. That is so unbelievable. Isn't it? Except they it's not. gills. Yes. Maybe, I mean, they may, may have had gills. The whole, I don't know. I don't know how that works. But either way, it's incredible. It truly yeah. is. Okay, so anyway. I think if we go far enough back, all of us evolved from... Wait, whales don't Gabe have Noel. gills, do they? They have blowholes. They they breathe air. They don't breathe. Yeah, isn't that's gills? actually that that's actually true? But that's besides the point because <laughs> like I can be wrong and it's fine. Well, if we wait a million years, they probably will have gills. I would say maybe that's yeah. definitely possible. So will we? We're gonna have to start living underwater because uh, of reasons. Sure. All right. Uh, all right, we're going to start the show with some NBA news. Uh, it's oh. it's a weird one. It's a weird one. So remember when we had a conversation a long time ago about the owner of the Suns named Robert Sarver and how he's being investigated for sexual yep. harassment, uh, saying the N-word, saying doing a lot of bad things over the course how of how many years? How can you get investigated for saying the N-word? Either it's there on tape or it's not. Like, well, it, it's not on tape, but you. Oh. They, it was like a full year of them like interviewing ex-employees current employees and all that jazz oh and and, the, and so all his ex-employees were like remember your old boss did and he, he regularly say the n-word and they all yes. say yes i mean kind of yeah great i mean I'm all right well go, that's that's good for I'm, him i'm not going to get into the stories of the stuff that he has done but it's not good let's say that and sounds a lot pretty of them, terrible a lot of them were basically confirmed by this report and what they did, this was the punishment that the league handed down to him. First of all, a $10 million fine, which he's a billionaire, or almost a billionaire, mm -hmm. so it means nothing. But that is actually the most that they can fine him, apparently. Oh. And they're suspending him as an owner for a year. Which, okay. I don't know the details of that. It just means he can't show up to the arena. He has to find like an interim version of himself or something like that. But all in all... It is extremely disappointing because he has been a really bad owner for 20 years now. Everybody's been wanting him gone forever. He is one of the reasons, uh, like I told you about how the, the refs were rigging some of the games back in the day against the Suns, and it was specifically because they did not like our owner, Robert Sarver. Uh, so he's just. Oh, and then been, it's okay to rig games. No, I understand. Yeah, I knew we were going to do that, but obviously that's terrible and it should never happen. Uh, but. Mm. Also, you shouldn't be a complete douche nozzle like our owner. Hopefully, there's a way of punishing that guy specifically instead of punishing the whole team and the integrity of the sport. That sounds like a better way of doing it than rigging games against the owner you don't like. I but think, that's just me. Yes, but that's refs and they're doing... Anyway, that's a whole other story. So, oh. yeah, people are very disappointed. There's a lot of outcry, you know, and the league... Like, normally, they're pretty strict on this stuff, and they weren't. Like, the precedent they set is the LA Clippers owner from back in the day. His name was Donald Sterling. He got banned for life because he said the N-word on tape. They actually had the tape. That's maybe the biggest difference. And the other thing is his wife, I don't know, it was some weird thing where she could claim that he was insane and she could sell the team herself. So they can't actually, the league can't forcibly make you sell the team unless, I don't know, maybe there's some rule. But this, mm -hmm. they weren't able to do that. 
So this is kind of so the most saying the N word on tape versus having what's that called? Like you've asked testimonies, right? You've asked a lot of people. Yeah, and they say yes, he did. That is still not as impactful, and, or is it because of the the combination? Like uh, you said, it's probably a combination. And the way that he okay. used it, this they were very emphatic about this. So the other guy used it because he's a racist. I mean, this is what they're saying. Okay, he used it because he's a okay. racist. And this guy, our owner, used it quoting other people. That apparently makes the big difference, uh, or at least that's okay. like what his excuse was but anyway regardless of all of this everybody's very disappointed and there's some rumors and maybe it's copium that there's some like obviously the league can't just kick him out so they're just doing this to affect the sponsors of the team and all that so that he's forced out like within uh the ownership group because there might be some wording in the contracts that if he breaks some he breaches something that they can kick him out so they're hoping that and then the other thing is it's falling kind of on the players to make a stand and AKA not show up that he gets forcibly removed in some capacity, which that's a big if, but ironically, and sorry to make this really long when Donald Sterling was banned for life. And then the team was sold. The point guard on his team is our current point guard, Chris Paul. So, and he actually made a tweet today saying he's disappointed that the league didn't do more. So it's, it's getting kind of spicy for the Suns. Uh, that's so, that's the classic I hate my boss tweet. <laughs> yes, pretty that's, much. Pretty that's much. Actually, that's pretty that's pretty And dope. if if um, a minority owner was going to take over for the Suns, the one that has the most ownership apparently is an Iranian, which would be fucking awesome. Uh, that's just random, but it would be awesome uh personally. So, I guess when he goes out and makes this tweet, he's protected for a year, right? Because the guy is not allowed to act in ownership. See, that's what I don't even know. Like, if, if we need to, if we want to make trades, does he have any say? I have no clue, actually. I have huh. no idea what he's like. It might just be he's not physically allowed anywhere, like the arena. What, what or was his name again? Robert Sarver. Do you think he's gonna? Um, do you think he's gonna use his body as an exoskeleton and then develop a new body so he can attend the venue? I don't think he has enough money for that. He is one of the cheapest owner rich. in NBA. He's almost a billionaire. Basically, every other owner is a mega billionaire. So if he grew gills, he could be in an aquarium in in the VIP area. What is the owner owner of it's the LA Clippers? What's his name again? Steve Steve Ballmer, right? Yeah, Steve Ballmer net worth. So let's say Robert Sarver is worth nine hundred million. Just to compare okay. this, okay? So Steve Ballmer net worth. This is the LA Clippers. 81 billion. He's 81 times richer than Robert Sarver. And 81 times less racist. Yes, Steve Ballmer seems legit. So hmm. so yeah, that's the current state of affairs. Sorry for going on for so long, but that is kind of major news in my world at least, so figured I'd bring it up. Yep, okay. and your world alone. That's right. Uh, <laughs> next thing, Monkey Business Show. We were on the Monkey Business Show, Cinder and I, with JMR oh. Luna and No Tail. Uh, we had a lot of fun. I'll make sure to put the uh, link in the description of the video so you guys can check it out. How did you enjoy yourself, Cinderin? Yeah, it was good. Um, it's interesting. This It's our first crossover, right? We've never been on another podcast. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know it, this is a podcast, The Monkey Business Show. It's OG's official podcast that they run on YouTube. Um, 
which to begin with was just JMR Luna, which is the CEO of the org, and Notel talking about whatever. Uh, but over time, they've started bringing in guests, and they're very Dota-focused. So if you're into like the hot Dota topics, that's another podcast you guys can listen to instead of just ours, if you want more content. Um, it was a good time. So check it out. Check it out. And last thing before we get on to the Dota news of the week, Ability Arena. Cinder, we, we, we said the launch date would be the 21st. I'm going to put a graphic on the screen. Kaboom! The streamer launch tournament has been announced September 21st at 21 CEST, a.k.a. 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It will be cast by Jenkins and me and the streamers taking part in this tournament for $1,000. And I believe it's not official yet, but it will be sponsored by Community Gaming. Uh, it'll be $1,000 plus some in-game rewards. The streamers are, in no particular order, Dendi, Admiral Bulldog, Sing Sing, Banana Slam Jamma, Cinderin, Yo! Monkeys Forever, Effie, and No Tail. So we got some very nice Dota streamer Cinderin. We considered inviting Grubby... But I think for something like this, it would just be too overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, but he has been invited to the show, waiting for he's a response. Pretty, he's, he's pretty bad at games. So yeah, I think he'd be overwhelmed. <laughs> I the, the second streamer launch tournament... We're not going to launch again. <laughs> the second streamer tournament, we will certainly invite him. Uh, but yeah, this what will do you be, think about uh, the nickname Monkeys Forever? Doesn't that imply that monkeys can't evolve into another creature? Okay, so, moving on. Um, what do you think about the abbreviation of your game mode being the same as Alcoholics Anonymous? I was thinking Ancient Apparition, but yeah, that's true. Oh, I was thinking about, also- I wanted to call it AA, but then there's Ancient Apparition, and like you said, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, How about call it ABAR? I was thinking A2 would be the abbreviation. A2. A2, what do you think? Playing some A2. Also just call, call it Abby. Sure. So yeah, uh, I'm not sure. It's not required for anybody to, to stream it, although we're asking everybody to stream it if they are able to. I know like Admiral Bulldog, for example, cannot. Uh, I'll do either it for way, $1,000. All right, well, you're going to have to win then. Uh, oh, I would not oh, bet that's on, the same thing. I would not bet on you to win, by the way. I think you will get it's bottom three. What do you think based on this Wow, yeah. that's harsh. And you've played more than any of them. Have these guys played? No. no chill. So Dendi has played. He is going to get last okay. place. I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> Holy um, shit. I like this. I feel like you're going to be very wrong, actually. I think the people who come in with <laughs> the least experience will probably get the bottom half most. All right, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm going to win. I'm actually going to make the guesses right now. So I think BSJ I hope I finish top half. BSJ, I think, is going to win. He's an auto chess guy. Uh, he was very yeah, good at that game. Right. And he's played our game, like, I don't know, six or seven times. I think he'll win. Mm. Uh, I think Bulldog, it's a toss-up. Bulldog, Sing Sing, and No Tail are all going to be up there as well. And then there's people like you, bottom three probably. Monkeys is maybe in the middle of the pack. Effie is grinding. She's never played a game like this before, but she's grinding now. So expect her to... You might get last, actually, now that I look at it. Uh, You are actually a really good friend because... 
You're something right. that's important in friendship is honesty, and I can appreciate that. that, that something on- that's important in general is not being an idiot, though. And you're not doing too well on that account, but okay. it's fine. I, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll take that as a compliment somehow. Uh, but I think you're safe, Sender, and you'll get at least, at best, second to last, because Dendi at will... Dendi, I think, has locked that in, and there's just no changing uh, based on me wow. watching him. All right. He did play two games, though. So... Okay. Either way, Jenkins and I, at the very least, will be streaming on our respective channels and we'll be casting it. We have a cool spectator mode so we can actually see everybody's shop. Uh, it's going to be fun. Nice. And we're going to start. It's, it was supposed to be five games played with, you know, point differentials or points given for one through eight. Uh, but first game, it will be a practice run because some of these people have never played. So have one game of just showing oh. you the ropes. It won't count for points. And then four games that count for points. So one game of sandbagging and not showing the new players how to play. And then four actual games after. That's right. Got so it. if you get last, right. the, the one time you're allowed to get last is that first game, Cinderin. Yeah, just I'm just going to be AFK for that. And then... Yeah, so Cinderin has a... Uh, what was your strat of choice? You did win one game, I will say that. I think you won one. I was doing really well in another and then the game crashed conveniently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Hopefully that's fixed. We'll see. I've got a, I've got multiple top three finishes. You're just being, you're remembering my early times of not understanding the mechanics, so I saved gold and stuff. Yeah, that's probably fair. Like now that I actually know how the game works, it's going to be better. Hopefully. Yeah, Cinderin has. Don't a, tell the new people that there's no interest. By the way. Yeah, Cinderin has this issue where when we cast together, he just doesn't listen, right? So I told yep. him that there's no interest, and you should spend all your gold every round probably five to six times before it finally sunk in because i remember you it was at the major you're like oh mm. so you because i was telling somebody else and you were just listening and the you're just eavesdropping and is it finally possible it you in. never told me but no, you I, told other people and thought you told me no i definitely told you it's the first oh. thing i mentioned because it's the most is it important. possible i wasn't listening yes that's definitely true okay, that's okay probably so okay. yeah september 21st hope to see you everybody there uh me and Jenkins will be casting, like I said, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Really, really, really yep. excited. Okay, regional qualifiers. Let's get on track, Cinderman. We got the North American region, which we cast. Uh, it was a weird... It ended up the way we thought it would be, but it was kind of a weird trajectory, if you want to yeah. call it that. So, uh, Nouns, they beat Sonics 2-0 in the upper bracket finals, and everybody was shocked including me. So hmm. Sonics go to the lower bracket, they 2-0 wildcard, and then what did I say when we were casting that series? Sonics versus wildcard. Were you listening? Uh, I wasn't listening. So <laughs> okay. you probably said something along the lines of, if Sonics win this, they're going to 3-0 the finals. That sounds like something you would say. Yeah, I, I think I said that 3-1. Is what you said. I said 3-1, to be fair. Uh, you said 3-0. But, you need to listen to yourself when you're talking. <laughs> you said 3-0. So my, my theory with this lower bracket thing is, and again, this is just speculation, but I feel like Nouns, they have lost so many times to Sonics over the years. Of course, their mm-hmm. names were different. Four Zoomers, Quincy Crew, they have lost repeatedly. It's like they're Kryptonite. Like they would beat EG for God's sake at times, but their Kryptonite mm. was Quincy Crew, a.k.a. Sonics. So I think before they came to this tournament, they prepared hardcore to beat Sonics. Mm-hmm. So when they met them, Sonics, they probably, I mean, I'm sure they prepared, but they didn't do it to the same degree, and they get 2-0'd and surprised 
and kind of brought back down to earth. And then you go to the lower bracket, you beat wildcard as expected, even though that game two, I think it was, was a fucking insane comeback. Uh, one yeah. of the biggest comebacks we've seen. Then they make it to the grand finals and they just crap all over them. Uh, yeah. Really weird qualifier though. Yeah. We got the top three in order that we expected though. So yeah. at the end of the day, the result is the expected one, but I also think in the upper finals, Nouns versus Sonics, uh, Nouns were running Faceless Void twice that Sonics just did not have good answers for in either game. And in the finals, they just banned it. So like they learned from that upper bracket series what their problem specific against Nouns was, and then they just avoided getting in that position again. Uh, aside from strategy, they also played, I think, Quinn said in the post-game interview, Quinn is amazing in interviews because he's very... He's very eloquent, and he has a very big vocabulary, <laughs> so it's super funny to just listen to the guy in general. Mm -hmm. uh, but he said something, I'll, I'll be paraphrasing here, uh, essentially that they played, what was his wording? It was something along the lines of, like a big bunch of pussies or something like that. And then in the, they figured that out, that they shouldn't do that, and then in the grand finals, they didn't do that. So, I thought he closed the was, interview with suck my balls haters or whatever it was. Yeah, he did that as well. Yeah, that was a good closer. <laughs> that was good. That was suck not my sponsored. nuts haters. Yeah, he should have shouted out Manscaped. He's like, they're very <laughs> nice and shaven and smooth to the oh touch. My God, that would be good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, basically, he it was he was not letting. I mean, he was just letting it all out. He was like, we played like shit yesterday. We were way too timid. We didn't play like ourselves. And today we did. So they kind of just figured out after the upper finals what their problems were. And it showed. I would say, though, that second game against Wildcard was... I guess that's just what happens a lot of the time if you lose the lanes that badly, right? So the fact that they could claw a win out of that was pretty impressive, in all honesty. So this is why I think that... Um, he called it a travesty and they played like cowards. There it is. Somebody in chat remembered the wording. Very nice. Thank if, you, Nico. If Nouns had lost in the upper bracket finals, whether it was 2-0 or 2-1 to Sonics, the grand finals would have been closer. I will guarantee you. You, you, you uh, learn so much more when you lose and when you have an extra day to actually prepare for it. Yeah. Uh, so That's honestly, how I approached Ability Arena. I started out my first like 10 games just losing horribly yeah. by doing really dumb shit. I'm kind of like an AI in that sense. I, I kind of open AI'd it where mm. I went in with no understanding because nobody told me what to do or any basics or any mechanics. Of course. So I kind of just trial and errored it. And then eventually I figured out that there was no interest. Uh, and that was a really big help for me. <laughs> Didn't notice that your goal just disappeared every round. No, that's how AIs work. They don't know the concept that gold is even good. So you need to teach them that first. <laughs> All right, good. Let's move on to the other region that finished, the China qualifier. I didn't get to watch any. Did you? No, it was not exactly the best. Or All actually... Right. Sum it up for us then. Yeah, so the TLDR, I guess most, a lot of people had the favorites RNG and Extreme Gaming. Uh, and RNG 3 of the finals against Extreme. So Extreme will be going to last chance qualifier along with Vici Gaming, who got third. Um, super competitive region. I think whoever meets these teams, especially Extreme Gaming, if they're as good on LAN as they are online, uh, the teams in the lower chance qualifier are going to have a problem because our last chance qualifier. This these guys are really good. Um, and Vici Gaming is also no team to scoff at. They kind of got rolled in the lower finals, though, uh, by Extreme. That was pretty one-sided, but, um, you know, Vici Gaming on LAN, you can definitely 
find a way. It is a very different roster than the one people would remember, though. Um, I guess the the primary people that will be recognizable here is probably, I guess, XM. Is this the same Yang? It is the same Yang. So XM and Yang, people will recognize. Um, but the other three are much newer. Um, I guess Erica as well, actually, because that's Poyoyo on a new nickname. What is it with Chinese players and changing nicknames so frequently, by the way? I yeah, feel like they do that way more than any other region. They do, and it's really confusing because we don't get to watch oh. them as often, or at least not back in the days, especially. Okay, so B-A-B is Fade. So people oh. will recognize him too. Yeah. And... No, sorry, that was Frisk. Frisk is Fade. Okay, great. Oh, B-A-B is actually B-A-B. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. That's one guy right. who is himself. That's wonderful. But yeah, these teams on land going to be scary. Uh, congrats to RNG, of course, for the 3-0. That was, I think getting a 3-0 in a Chinese final is pretty impressive, no matter what, because these teams are, I would argue, in terms of like average performance, probably tighter than in the NA region. Um, oh, of course. Yes. But I mean, it's it's easy it's easy to say, right? But remember that Nouns did two O Sonics, right? So you would say, oh, okay, they're pretty close. But on average, Sonics have not been, you know, struggling with Nouns at all. Oh, so that mean, was a, you're, you're an anomaly. About the difference between one and two, or the region in general? Uh, the difference between, like, just in general, but both really, actually. So uh, the region is tight, way tighter for sure. Uh, but even among the top teams, I think the Chinese one is also closer. Yeah, in general. I, yeah, so, that's definitely so true. All of it. Yep, so that is China, and obviously the last two regions that are not finished are Western Europe and yep. Southeast Asia, I believe. Uh, but I do want to cover one thing from Western Europe because it's kind of... Inc didn't have any expectations for Alliance, but my goodness, they... So let's see, how did this trajectory start? So they... In the upper bracket finals, they lose 2-0 to Entity, which is expected. Entity is one of those teams that uh, is obviously one of the favorites to win. Uh, we should mention Nigma also lost to Goon Squad in the first round, which was very surprising. Um, and then they 2-1 Brame. So. Yeah, so close one there as well. Yeah. Uh, but Alliance goes to the lower bracket, and they play Team Bald Reborn, which is Gork's team. And they lose 2-1. In that game three, they were down at the very end, I was watching, by 60,000 gold. That That's a lot of gold. That is absurd. And the fact that they lost to a team, which maybe they've changed stuff since we last talked to Gork when he was on the podcast. You remember what he said? They don't I'm practice. Pretty, I believe they don't scrim. I think they still don't do that. Yeah. Um, that is... Whew. That's a low. Yeah, I mean, man. that's a I real mean, there's low. just there's no way around it, right? It's just not good enough. But they obviously know that. Uh, whether it's whether you're talking about like management or the players or whatever, it's. I'm sure this has been quite the nightmare for Alliance management this season uh, or this year, rather, because everything has just gone pretty much horribly wrong, uh, and that really sucks when that happens. Something interesting, though, that I do want to point out, because people were kind of hopeful for Alliance, actually, because the series against Entity was pretty good. Like Alliance were making that very close, mm. even though it was a 2-0. That is not indicative of how that went. But I think part of the problems for their players is that 
I don't know if it comes with, you know, the curse of the name or the internal structure or whatever. You can only speculate about this, but I feel like they play they play the best when the stakes are lowest. Do you know what I mean? So we had this we had this uh their best series in the DPC was after they were knocked out was against OG where they had a very very good game and almost took a, a game off OG who ended up going, you know, the whole way um where they were just playing more loose because they were already out. They picked heroes that were active and they just started crushing the map. And against Entity, where they were still in the upper bracket, so it wasn't backs against the wall, they played with more confidence, they made more moves, and they did better. And then you get to the lower bracket, and all is on the line, and they kind of just freeze. And they lose to a team that has, guess what, nothing to lose. Because, you know, Team Bald Reborn are just a stack that are not scrimming and just playing for, you know, exposure and for the memes and... Obviously, I don't know if they believe they can qualify. I think the chances of that for Team Bald Reborn are extremely slim. So I think they're, you know, they're using it to profile their players. And because they're streamers, many of them, right? They have a big following and fans love to watch them play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think, I feel like the whatever issue it is Alliance has, it runs deeper than, oh, the players are just bad. Because I don't think their players are bad. But there's something about how they prepare for matches and how they handle stakes that is just not working out. Can I just throw out. something? I have zero insight into what's going on with them. It mm-hmm. feels like... And remember that content piece with Loda as the coach and mm-hmm. a lot of memes have been born from that. Yeah, 10K a day and whatnot. It feels like, and maybe they have one, it doesn't seem like it, a life coach. They need somebody... Like a blitz for liquid, right? Somebody like that that brings the team together, that doesn't let the stress really affect them as much as it maybe is right now. It feels like there's something major missing for sure. Because I agree, their roster is not bad. It really isn't. Uh, and it probably also, makes matters even worse for them that Goon Squad was their original roster pretty much that they dropped. Mm-hmm. And they are in the upper bracket semis playing against liquid right now. Yep. Uh, I think, um, yeah, it's just weird. Like, I, I looked at the draft of Game 3, and I looked at how it was looking 5 to 10 minutes in, and I was like, all right, Alliance have got this. They're, you know, they're pretty decently ahead. It looks like a totally amazing PL game, and Nico was top net worth by quite a bit. I think Weehaw was second, and things looked good. And I feel like you just, like, that one you drive home by playing as a team and playing tight and, you know... Yeah, just playing around each other. So I don't know how this broke down, but I'm just looking at the graph now as well. I didn't watch the whole game, but I remember watching a snapshot of it yesterday as on the side, and I was like, okay, Alliance are going to win 2-1. They messed up in the first game, but they recovered. I think they're up 4K minute 14 with a PL that is uncountered and strong team fight. So something must have gone terribly wrong. What I just read, so I'd, I'm not going to take this for, like as the guaranteed truth, but I what I read was that uh, they weren't playing very well together. So, like, they were fighting a lot as four, and Nico was farming a lot, and he was getting super farmed. And then when he showed up to fights, they had already lost their advantage. Um, if that is the case, I don't know. But, yeah, looking over this, that should definitely not have happened. So, anyway, uh, maybe it's a little bit unfair in a way that we give this much time to alliance compared to other teams but it is the big story right yeah um and i i don't know like what do you do as the org like what would be your advice let's take life it from coach there. 
That would be my okay. advice. You keep the same five players. I mean, you probably can't now. They probably don't do believe th- in each other do you anymore. Think, yeah, that's what I think. I think it's just like that ship has kind of sailed at this point, right? Yeah. But I would pick up uh, their old roster. <laughs> Who would you? Doing okay, squad. so you would just scrap the whole thing and just start over. I mean, they've really essentially tried. that's what you do, right? I, I they've really invested a lot into Nico Baby. It has not worked out many times. So yeah, I think starting from scratch again is probably the play. But okay. I don't think that's enough though, because again, like if you don't have the infrastructure in place to help a team succeed, then which again, I'm just completely speculating here. It could just be complete bullshit, and the players are just choking. I don't know. Yeah, that that's the thing that I also again don't want to speculate too much on because I think they might have good internal structure, they might have all the things available, but. If the players either, you know, like, how do I explain this? It's almost like there's, in a way, this kind of underlying... You could say there's no pressure on them at all because Alliance has been failing, right? So you'd be like, okay, anything is an improvement. But the other way of looking at it is that you feel this inherent pressure that everybody thinks you're going to fail, which not everybody thrives on. Like, some people are amazing when they're underdogs, and others are like, you know... Like maybe mentally you just get drained by the fact that everyone is mocking your team, right? I mm-hmm. think that is tough on some players where it's like you show up to the games and you feel this inherent need to, okay, everyone's fucking making fun of us and we're still not winning and then it just compounds, right? Like that would be my concern. Not necessarily for all of these players, right? Because some of them are more experienced and I think someone like we is kind of, you know, just probably just laughs it off. Maybe internally he still struggles with it. I don't know. But my experience with the guy is that he would just be like, fuck it, you know, let's just play our best and let's get it done. Um, but that that's... I think it's hard to separate yourself entirely from the fact that your org has just had a shit year, right? And mm-hmm. everyone mocks your team. I think that is difficult. Um, which is amazing if you start doing well because then you look incredible, right? But what if you don't? And that's kind of what's happened, so... Yep, all right. I think enough of beating the dead horse here. Let's move on to the next topic. There has been a Battle Pass update. Oh, Uh, yes. I'll read part of it. So they kind of looked back, uh, compared it to other years, and saw that uh, the TLDR that they're missing, uh, people aren't leveling as fast as they were hoping they would. So they added a weekly bonus feature. And they say they're adding... Okay, we're adding a new weekly bonus feature that simply grants battle points whenever you complete a match. Winning a match earns 200 battle point, battle pass points, and losing a match grants 100, uh, up to a cap of 2,000 per week. Turbo matches also earn battle points, but at half the normal rate. Also, starting with week two, we've made a changes to the rewards for weekly quests. For non-bonus weeks, instead of rewarding 500, 1,000, 1,500 battle points for four, nine, 15 stars, now awarding 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, uh, which ends up being the same amount, if my math is correct, but the Yes. Battle point starts at two slash eight slash fifteen stars. Right. Okay. So less. So the for... goal the goal of this mm-hmm. is to be more inclusive to players that don't play a lot. So yeah. people that don't have the time or the desire to get fifteen stars on every week will now get two thirds of the reward uh, at eight stars instead of half of the reward at nine stars. So it's way more forgiving in that sense. Um, and if you do the quick math on the 200 battle points per win slash 100 per loss, if you play, on average, what would that be? 15 games a week, assuming you lose half, then 
um, you will have 2,000 battle pass points in 15 games. And that means every week you get two more levels, which should amount to 20 levels, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't there 10 weeks left? I think, maybe. Something like sure. that. Maybe it's more, actually. Something, something along those lines, at least. So, essentially, everyone gets 20 levels if they play the game. That's pretty nice. Uh, net result of these changes is that these rewards will be accessible for more casual players, like you said. We also recommend that players prioritize completing the bonus weeks, as the bonus week battle chests are potentially worth a large amount of points. And in addition to that, they apologize to all Dota Plus customers that the Dota Plus item suggestions have not been working for the past week. We believe that it should be working now, and we're sorry for the delay. In compensation, we're going to grant every player who has played a match since the release of the Battle Pass with a free week of Dota Plus. So that includes people that don't have Dota Plus, I think. Yes. So, okay. What do we think of this? I mean, I, I think yeah. it... Obviously, this is good. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it fixes people's perception of the Battle Pass at all, really. Uh, I mean, there's been a ton of complaints. So I don't think any of that changes. I will make... I will admit something, Cinder. I did break down. Mm -hmm. I did break down. Get level 500 on my battle pass to get the yep. Void Arcana. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. Okay. <sighs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, how, how is this defensible? <laughs> so, you know the, the Co-op Arcana? Mm -hmm. The one that you really like? I never yeah. leveled my battle pass for that. And I kind of regret it. Even though oh, I do that. not play that hero at all. It's just because mm -hmm. it's so good. Mm -hmm. I do play Void. Not right. a ton, but enough that it would be nice to have an Arcana. So that is the So you didn't want to make reason. the same mistake again. I felt FOMO. You know? Uh -huh. Fear of missing out. I really did. And, you know, I, I have nothing else to say. I feel like a okay. complete hypocrite because I am. I am a hypocrite. No, I admit it. The thing that the thing that surprise or not surprises me rather, but the thing that I'm wondering is, were you so eager to get it now that you got the levels for it now instead of you know seeing how far you would level by playing the game first, or well, did you I, just want to have it now? Because I wanted it now, and then obviously okay. I saw that I mean, people were not able to progress their battle passes at all. This is why if this you want it now, then it's out. not fully FOMO though, right? Unless you're worried in your FOMO that you're not at a computer for the next ten weeks one time. <laughs> Which I don't think you well, would worry I about. I have a so, fear of missing out on playing with the Void Arcana now. Okay. Okay. It, this, is that... Yeah. Okay, we can call that FOMO if you Tender, want. I feel like I it's a little bit I understand that the things that I'm saying are not logical. I'm just telling you that I You understand it. that I don't understand things that aren't logical, right? Yes, I understand that okay, you don't good, understand. That's important. As long as you understand that I don't understand that you understand. So... Yeah, I, I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed, but I did it, and I'm admitting it. I just wanted to let you know, Cinder. You like sorry. the Arcana? I think it's very good, yeah. Okay, then it doesn't feel as bad. It would feel bad if you bought it, and then you were like, wow, this actually Right, kind of that's true. It does feel bad because cause there's a lot of stuff I don't want that's going to be coming mm. soon, of course. I'm not interested in those, but maybe... It'll surprise me when it comes out. We'll see. So I will say one thing here with this update that I think is kind of important when it comes to the the way that they've implemented the battle pass this year. I think uh, the bonus chest system for those bonus weeks. I think it wasn't 
it wasn't communicated well enough or obvious enough for people. So I think the perception of how hard it was to level the battle pass was skewed even harder than reality. Like people thought it was going to be borderline impossible. They thought, all right, I can get three levels per week from doing the the battle points, um, uh, doing all the quests to 15 stars, right? Mm. Uh, but on the bonus weeks, the worst case scenario is four levels and you can get up towards a lot, right? Because you can roll way higher. Obviously, the odds are staggered, so getting the really high reward is unlikely. But on average, if you do everything, I don't know how many levels you would get from the chests. But my point here isn't to defend Valve. It's to explain that I think it's really important when you implement stuff that you make it, especially with the battle pass based on experience, right? That if you have these systems in place, I think it's important that they're communicated to the audience so they don't feel snubbed. Because I think if you do look at it and you Did do you do say, the math on it, it's better. You say there's a lack of communication? Yes. Valve? Um, what? But then on top what? of that, regardless, clearly, since they're adding this bonus week weekly uh, feature of just getting points for winning or losing, they also identified that there's still too few levels. But... So again, I think the perception was skewed to be worse than reality, but I think reality was still pretty bad. And now they've sorted that out to an extent with the weekly bonus, and they've communicated better that the chests are valuable. So the problem is how big of like how big a part of the audience is gonna understand that when they buy this battle pass and how many people are gonna read the blog or listen to our podcast or read Reddit out of the player base, I don't know. Um but yeah, I guess all in all, what I'm trying to say is the original version was probably better for the player than people anticipated, but still, I would agree, not good enough. I don't know if it's good enough now with the new stuff, but it's better. Um, and overall, the I don't know, like, what's your perception? What do you think people are most unhappy about? Is it how much stuff is coming soon or how hard the battle passes to level? Because uh, I think it was a bit of both, honestly. Both, for sure. And, and I think the leveling also, was not as hard as people thought. That's my point. People are also but, upset that there's a second battle pass that does not contribute to anything. Yeah. That's, uh, I that's, don't think... So here's the separation, though, to be clear. Mm -hmm. I don't think that is going to affect the bottom line in terms of how much people are spending. I don't think that's going to make... Not very much. I don't think it's make almost any difference, but yeah. people are still upset about the, and making it known, right? So that is important mm -hmm. to make clear. Yeah. So... Yeah, was expecting something. I mean, this is like, they're not rolling back anything big, right? This is just like a little boost, it feels like, uh, to make things a little bit smoother. But overall, Battle Pass has been pretty poorly received. Do you, do you remember, like, ballpark how many levels you could get from playing last year? I barely played last year. Our last Battle Pass. Like, let's say you did all your cabin crawl, you did all the quests, See, Cinderin, and I, stuff like this. I'm, I'm a weird... I just had a long conversation with Lyrical about this. I'm weird, apparently. I have never cared about playing the heroes in the cavern crawl. Right. At all. I mean, I, I understand that. Any I don't, year. I don't think that's, N like, None of the years weird. have I ever been like, I want to play these heroes to get this thing right. done. I didn't, did not care. The reason I'm asking is that, again... I want to try to be objective and fair about it, right? Because let's say people are complaining the battle pass is harder to level than ever. And then when you look at it and you break it down, mm. there's the same amount of levels as last time or more. Then that's just objectively incorrect, right? Then you can throw that one out of the window and then you can discuss are the rewards good enough or whatever. But then at least... I think in the original version... So the Cavern Crawl gives the same as last year, I think... Question mark. 
but I think it gets the same. Uh, then you have the weekly chests, which I th are the I think that's four of the weeks. There's the bonus chests, which I think on average will be more than last year, uh, for the comparable like feature of the of the battle pass. Um, so I'm just thinking like if you do everything, how many theoretical levels you could get from completing quote unquote the battle pass here, like. Mm. If you can level from, say, 1 to 150, like maybe that's the cap here, the mathematical cap on it. And then you could be like, is that good enough? Like, if you're literally playing the game so much, shouldn't you be able to get to better rewards or whatever? That's a separate discussion. But, like, when I look at this, I, I'm sure we're going to get corrected about this in the comments if I'm wrong. I feel like completing the Battle Pass this year gives more levels than last year. Could be wrong, but it can't be far off. So yeah, somebody's mentioning that, that they they aren't. Kind of. uh, there's no wagering anymore. That is a big okay. I don't know how much that gave you in the end. If you because that's also you could call that a gamble. But like, let's say you're wagering perfectly for the sake of the argument. Then maybe if with perfect wagering it gets better or whatever. But I feel like in the terms of ballpark, it's probably similar. Um, which means that you know, as far as leveling it up goes. Um, then it's a matter of, do you also think it was too hard to level up yes, last year? Which, you know, most people, that most of the feedback they got was the same, right? So, mm. like, um, and I understand, right? People want the cool shit for free because they want to be like, okay, I'm playing the game a lot. They're maybe keeping it looking to other games with half an eye and they're like, okay, in their battle passes, if I play a lot, I can unlock almost everything. Um, why isn't that the case with Dota? And that's definitely a discussion that's worth having, right? If that's how it should be. Uh, or not, if this is like too predatory or whatever, but mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just want to try to you know be be fair. Um, and yeah, I I don't think the leveling is much worse than last year, especially now. Maybe it was worth without worse without the two K level or two levels you can get per week now. All right, know. I'm sure somebody has the math has done the math. Yeah, but. sorry, okay. I dragged that out. Yes, you did. Me. Uh, let's move on to. Another hot topic. <laughs> There's some hot topics that uh, we won't discuss until things are either confirmed or officially denied. We don't want to talk about rumors during this time. But for the things that we can talk about, uh, the TI qualifiers. Let's see. It's the regional qualifiers from PGL. The last chance qualifier and the group stage of TI are sponsored by GGBet. First time that, I was gonna say any sponsor, that's not technically true. They've had like chair sponsors before. Uh, I can't, like they've had TI chairs and they've actually tweeted about some gaming chair. Actually, the official Dota 2 Twitter. Now, I think TI has also been sponsored by um, Nvidia, right? Not officially, but like the the, setups that they have um they also had screens on display during ti something right there are monitors in on the panels really stuff. there's there, there's been stuff i'm pretty okay. sure right okay so anyway. okay i i retract that then slightly uh but this is the first betting sponsor for sure yeah absolutely there's no doubt about that and it and feels it's also like the first one that's announced it's announced right? and it's through pgl so it kind of isn't technically valve at all it feels like they're just handing stuff off at this point that's what it feels like 
And PGL is like, okay, if you're going to do that, are we allowed to get sponsors? And apparently it's a yes. And a betting sponsor, that's what people are really upset about. Um, so I want to ask you what you think about it. I am, I kind of understand both sides. I will mm -hmm. admit one thing. I do not gamble at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not a gambling person. I, I think I've said this story before in terms of gambling, like in Vegas, I did it once when I was 21 for my birthday. I put a hundred dollars down on blackjack and lost it all in two hands. And I have not gambled since it doesn't interest me in any way. I don't care oh, if people do enough. it and you're going to maybe be surprised by this. I don't really care that Gigi bet is sponsoring this. I will admit it is weird that it's the group stage as well. That's really weird because we're just not used to it. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know what the history with Gigi bet is. If there's actually shady stuff, if there is, then yeah, then I'll, I guess I'd have a problem with it, but I've, look at all betting sponsors is relatively the same. They're all kind of shady anyway, but in the end, we've talked about this before esports. You're not really making, this is where it's weird though. Like we've talked about mm -hmm. it before with like third party tournaments, having uh, betting sponsors, streamers, having betting sponsors, you don't really make that much money in esports unless you have betting sponsors, especially in Dota hard game to sponsor TI. Yeah, so... It does feel different though, because it is funded by the community. That is where I understand that there's like a line being crossed potentially. Yeah. So people, to my understanding, the gravity of negativity about betting sponsorships is way higher for TI than anything else. Yeah. Uh, and it's lowest for teams. There is basically, to my knowledge, more or less every high tier team in Dota has uh, a betting sponsor in their jersey which is no different from, you know, a lot of football clubs, for example, at least in Europe. I don't know in the U.S. if it's legal to have betting sponsors on your NFL teams or whatever. Um, maybe it is. But in Europe, that's very normal. Um, and I would say for the most part, and the difference for me largely in terms of that versus football is that the betting sponsors that are in the Premier League or in just football in general are on average way more vetted mm -hmm. than... A lot of the, for example, let's say uh, some of these betting sites that do like crypto bets or whatever, which are like really like the reason you say everything seems a little bit shady is that there's that reputation, right? Uh, because people kind of don't really know what's going on, which is also what some of the sites can rely on. It's just this uncertainty. True. Uh, I don't inherently have a problem with betting sponsorships for video games or for sports, but I have a problem with not vetting it properly. So... That's why, for example, if a betting sponsor contacts me and they're like, hey, do you want, we want to sponsor your stream, usually I don't respond if it's a name where I feel like I can't hand on heart feel like I'm not fucking over my audience by promoting this product, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I've had one betting sponsorship ever on my stream. It's many, many, many years ago, and it was the official Danish monopoly on betting. We have a monopoly in Denmark on, um, what's it called, the... I thought you were uh, talking about the Monopoly game. I was like, what the fuck? No, no, no. <laughs> no. So, we, the, there? so there's, there's this big company in Denmark <laughs> called Denske Spill, which means Danish games, and they have all sorts of like games or whatever. And I had them as a sponsor on my stream uh. because I felt like <clears throat> I can promote this and not feel terrible about myself. Like People should know 
when they're playing any sort of gambling game or any sort of scratchers or whatnot that there's a risk and a reward it's there like educate yourself and do it knowingly but i knew for a fact that if people went to that link and played their games because of me i wouldn't lead them into a scam right that's my point that's where i think it's really really different yeah now that's the first thing is that you want things to not be a scam the second thing is you um TI is a different beast. And I think the community, and this is also something that Valve has kind of fostered over the years, is that the community feels like TI is our tournament, right? It's about the players, it's about the fans, and it's about not having outside interference into our like ecosystem because people pay so much money into the battle pass so that the whole tournament can be ran by the community and the community alone. Um, and this change towards having gambling sponsors is... I mean, I'm trying to think of how that is, you know, from a technical perspective, how it's different from having the other sponsors that we've had in the past, right? What was the one you mentioned that we had last time? You mentioned one. For what? Uh, for TI. Oh, the, sp the, the chair, chair sponsor, sponsor? Right? Secret Labs, for example. And I believe that was officially tweeted out by the Twitter, actually. There was, like, tweets with the, the chair of TI or something. Maybe it was not from TI themselves. Maybe it was only from Secret Labs. But there definitely was. It was announced in an official capacity that there was a partnership. Yeah. Uh, so this is not the first time TI ever has a sponsor of any kind. So that's why it's important. Because some people are presenting this as the first time ever that TI has sponsorship. Which is just not true. But it's the first time it has a betting sponsorship. And then mm -hmm. it's about, okay... So now we're about discussing, okay, it's not about whether TI is sponsored for the first time ever. It's about, do we want betting sponsors in TI? And that's a totally different ballpark. Uh, and I totally understand why some people don't want that, or a lot of people don't want it. And I personally am a little bit unsure, again, because I don't know enough about the betting sponsor in particular for this one. Maybe they're totally legit and everything is fine. Maybe not. Uh, it's a bit of a gray area, and I haven't done the research, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys, yeah, they're 100% clean, or yeah, they're shady. I'm not gonna say what it is i don't know um so um people have i feel like you take any betting site ever and you look at reviews and there will always be people saying this site is shit or they fucked me over or whatever and i think a lot of the time it's user error okay i i don't think every single statement it's the same if you go to poker sites or whatever people will be like this site is rigged you know because hmm. they they bet and they lost and losing sucks and it's feels Sometimes it feels better to blame something else than yourself, when a lot of the time you were probably the one at fault. Um, so, yeah, uh, is this terrible for the game? I don't think so. Um, is it awesome for the game? No, but the bigger question here is why is this going in this direction? I think that's what I'm more curious about the underlying reason, because exactly. Valve have been very anti-betting in the past. So the fact that this door is open might be a clue of some sort of how they want to approach TI in the future or Dota in general. Are they getting I mean, more and more hands I, off and I they're just letting other people run it? Or I think it's very know, obvious it's, by the change of the battle pass that something big has changed with their philosophy mm -hmm. with TI in general. But we don't know yeah. what that is exactly, right? right? This feels very... Valve in general are pretty damn hands off with TI... They're more hands-on yeah. than other stuff they do, but they're still yes, somewhat hands-off. That may like it's like if this is Riot, they're controlling every detail. That's not the way Valve would work with TI. They're controlling a lot of it, and everything needs to be overseen. 
but it's still, you know, in their own way. This feels like it's just, all right, do what you want. You need to make money, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't know. It's, I, I don't know how to feel about it either. Like, I keep going back and forth. I guess I'm just neutral at the moment. I don't, I really yeah, don't I'm know what of, to I'm think. Kind of, I'm kind of in the same boat, honestly. And I think one thing that people are upset about is the, the fact that there's a betting sponsor now at TI and the production they feel has not been particularly good thus far, the TI mm. Quals, which there's been like stream outages and a bunch of other issues. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, so I think all of that combined has created this negative yeah. perception with what is currently going on with TI. And then there's, you know, uh, other rumors that we won't talk about right now. Um, I definitely agree. Like if you, if you have this betting sponsorship and I believe this betting sponsorship is worth a lot of money because first of all, it's on TI. And secondly, if you look at, if you know anything about what sponsors pay for, the amount of exposure that the betting site gets on the broadcast is expensive. <laughs> it is not. Mm -hmm. They're not getting like a little corner of the screen or something. In the pregame, there's like big stuff. There's live updates on bets during games and stuff. It's very, very expensive to get this kind of stuff out. So, so this is what is the interesting thing, in my opinion. So again, no inside information on this at all. I'm just based on mm -hmm. me running tournaments in the past. Back when PGL was doing all the other TIs, I would assume that Valve pays them to do it. Yes? Probably. I yes. actually have a feeling <laughs> that they are not paying them. PGL. You mean this year or ever? This year. I, okay. Like if I was PGL, this would be the smart move. I would say, you want to save money on production? Don't pay us anything, but allow us to have sponsors. There's no way that Valve is getting money from GGBet. Would that make sense to you? Based on their stances in the past, there's no fucking way, right? I would be I, shocked. Yeah, I do feel like the, so the GGBet money, GGBet money is going to PGL, which means yeah. why would Valve be paying them then? You know what I mean? They're recouping Maybe. that money in that way. That is my opinion of what is happening right now, which is really weird. Really weird. And it kind of sets a weird precedent going forward because if Al's not willing to pay for TI production or whatever the case may be, uh, is that the beginning of the end for t like the TIs that we've known in the past? I don't know. Again, this is complete speculation, but that is my mm -hmm. opinion on what's probably happening. But I have a, I have a hypothetical for you here. If the production of the qualifier coverage had been amazing, like the best we've ever had, how accepting do you think the community at large would have been of the betting sponsorship if they felt like there was a direct return on investment there there's like okay we're paying we we have to have ads on screen but the production is incredible like everything mm. is running super smoothly we have very high tier like land coverage uh not remote but everything is like really set up nicely in studios and stuff do you feel like people will be like okay this is worth it or do you think they would still be like no for ti it's a hard veto we don't want any sponsors on ti uh, I think it's something think? that obviously we don't have a choice of. Mm -hmm. So eventually people are going to be fine with it or they're going to be not, they're going to be apathetic. Like if okay. they do it this year and even if it's a disaster, they're just going to do it again next year. People are going to have an uproar. That's the problem is I don't think there's any control over this from the community standpoint. Like what, what can we do exactly? You know, we're still going to be buying the battle pass every year. <laughs> like, 
they they cut the battle pass in half, and half of it won't be going to TI anymore. There's an uproar. Nothing really changed. And why why should they change? Like from just think of it from Val's perspective. They're still making probably the same money, if not more now, than before. They don't have to worry about TI, they can just pass it off to somebody else. Like, isn't that a win-win? Depends on your perspective, but... Yeah, but from a billion-dollar corporation perspective, don't you think that's a win-win? If your only goal is to drive profit and people don't enjoy working on it, then yes. If people... Which has been the case in the past with TI, right? I think some Valve employees have really enjoyed working on TI and really like what the tournament was or is, and maybe they you know, wanted a change or maybe they're not as much into it anymore. That, I mean, that's really human, right? Like you work, let's say you've worked the last six or seven TIs in terms of organizing it from a Valve perspective. Maybe you've been reassigned to another project. Maybe you just want to do something else and it doesn't interest you as much anymore because, I mean, that's fair if, and you know how their company structure works. So perhaps that's what's happened here. Like maybe this year, the people that used to be the driving force behind organizing TI from Valve's perspective were like, I don't really, you know, want to do this anymore. And you could be like, well, it's your job, but that's not how it works at Valve, right? This mm -hmm. was a largely, their involvement with this was largely a passion project, which is what they've set themselves on record. Like a, a big part of what's coming from Valve's side is because the employees wanted to do it. Um, and yeah. if they don't want to do that so much anymore, you outsource it. And I mean, perfectly reasonable, but it obviously it will change the product and it will change the way things are run. And then you either adapt to that or you just don't like it anymore. <laughs> That's not much to say, is there? Yeah, you know? That's true. So, um, uh, there is one yeah. aspect of this that we didn't talk about, which I just want to talk about briefly because I've seen a couple comments mm -hmm. in the chat. Uh, okay. The negative side of having betting sponsors um, is the harassment that pro players take. I, I owned a team for a mm -hmm. year and a half. I know exactly how this goes. Uh, there's death threats. There's tons of toxicity towards players and mm -hmm. orgs uh, because of betting. You lose money, you get very angry, and yep. you send death threats. you feel like this, it's someone else's fault. This, yep. this is very common and a very common issue, not just this game, but every game that has betting sponsors. The only yep. problem is, with a game like Dota... Counter-Strike is a game that you can sponsor relatively easily. They have betting sponsors too, but I'm just saying, by comparison, you, it's not apples and apples. Mm -hmm. It is like they're an apple and we're... What's a very... What is a not very attractive fruit? Um, dragon fruit. Okay, we're a dragon fruit. We're, we're mm -hmm. niche. It's a niche thing. Uh, we smell like it's, shit. It's very, yeah, we smell like shit sometimes. It's very hard to get sponsors in Dota. So, in my opinion, it is a necessary evil to have shady sponsors, whether it's betting or something else. It's a necessary evil because the scene would not, outside of TI in the past, it would not be able to function without it. Mm -hmm. But the negative side is that they're shady companies, obviously, and death threats, harassment towards pro players, organizations, and just community at large. Like, that is certainly something that should be noted. Because that's a thing. Now, the question here that I have... Okay, so this is like... 
let's say there were no betting sponsorships at all in Dota, no sponsorships whatsoever, but there mm. was still betting going on, right? Because the betting companies will want to have betting run the, on video games. If they have that department in their company, they will have it on Dota. Let's say they weren't allowed to sponsor anything, but the betting was still there. Yeah. The harassment would still be there, right? Because it would be angry people that went and bet, but That's true. the exposure to it would be smaller. So like the absolute magnitude of it would be less, right? So it's not like, okay, it, it's not binary, is my point here. It's not like, okay, without betting sponsors, everything is amazing. And with betting sponsors, everything is hell. Like, it's, it's not like that. And unfortunately, as is the case for everybody who's a public figure that people have stakes in, which is essentially what you're doing when you're betting on a team, right? You're, quote unquote, investing in their success. Um, people will be receiving negative comments, whether it's in sports, whether it's in esports, whether it's in whatever. Uh, People will get angry because they feel like they are entitled to winning because they bet on you and they knew you were going to win. You never know if they're going to win and you're never like you're never certain and you need to be willing to lose. Otherwise, betting is not for you. Yeah. And a, a, that's a natural part of any betting game is that you will lose a lot of the time. And if you're not good at it, you will lose more than you win. The vast majority of people that bet on anything are losers. That's how it works. That's why it's profitable to run a company that runs on betting. So whether that's a casino or if it's a like a staking company or whether it's poker, most people don't outperform it. Now, the thing that's really interesting for me about Dota as a betting game compared to other games is how big a part the draft means, right? And I think there's a lot of people will be very prone to a false feeling of confidence, right? Like you see the draft and you're like, oh, this team's draft is so much better, but you don't really understand the intricacies of it. So you're going to take the bet because you feel like, oh man, they win this 90% of the time, but they don't. But you mm -hmm. think they do. So the odds look appealing to you as, a, as the audience. But, you know, at the end of the day, if, this, if the people placing the betting odds are good at it, you're not going to beat the game. Um, if you're very smart about Dota, like if you're super knowledgeable ex-pro or whatever maybe you could profit off betting on dota because you have a big enough understanding that you're better at judging the odds of the game than the person putting up the bets you know what i mean yeah but the average viewer will not that is true so most people will lose and <clears throat> and you're betting people, for the thrill and you hope you win right most of the people so. that would be able to make that type of a call are people that are involved in organizations and should not be betting right exactly so <laughs> I, for example, I think there's a decent chance perhaps that I could be profitable betting on Dota games if I was like selective and I chose the right games where I felt Are very you confident. Sure? Your predictions have been god a fucking awful. Let's be real. Yeah. So maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm, maybe I also would lose, right? Your predictions have been horrible. But, okay. I will say this much. I feel like I would be a better judge of the outcome of a game before it starts than the average person that watches Dota. Yes. I'm pretty confident about that. So that's true. Uh, but I, out of principle, stay away from everything related to esports betting, even if it's like tempting and it's interesting, because there's like there's an integrity thing at play here. Where especially if you're involved in the tournament itself, but even if you aren't, you have like access to maybe inside information about teams or scrim results or stuff like that that you're not supposed to have. So mm. you would have an unfair advantage, and it would be unethical, right? Yep. Uh, to bet like that. So. I have completely stayed away from betting on everything esports related all time. Um, 
if I ever stopped working in the space, maybe it's something I would do. I don't know. There would, then the thing is, then I would probably be getting so much worse at understanding the game that I might not be good enough at it anyway, right? But um, it's a different thing. I know, I mean, it's very public. Certain people in the community do bet, even though they work on events. Uh, Vilat has, as an example, um, Vilat bets on games, and that has not been a major controversy, at least not for us. I don't know if it's like a really big deal. My goodness. I don't know if it's a major thing in uh, in the Eastern Europe community or not, but uh, but yeah, it's specifically this is the one thing specifically at TI talent and players in the origin like the initial meeting of the tournament are told don't bet on games, no matter what, uh, even if common like, sense. Be- but yeah, because I mean you would say common sense, but a lot of the time things that are common sense need to be said and. Um, the reason is, even if you're not doing it maliciously, even if there's nothing wrong with it, there's going to be speculation. And there's going to be, like, if you hit a big win and you take a big risk, then how does that look, right? So they just want to eliminate that factor entirely. So players and coaches and talent at TI in particular are told not to bet on games. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, that was right. a long segue. Or. That wasn't really a segue. That was the finishing touches. Not a segue. Uh, what was what's so, it called? Uh, monologue. Why can't I remember the word? Monologue. No. Yeah, <laughs> it was also a monologue. Uh, all right. Well, we're not going to wait for you to whatever. find the words. Uh, all right. Last topic. I just want to talk about this real quick because I found it completely fascinating. So there is a custom game called OMG 4 Plus 2, Cinderin. In and China. In, well, it's, no. It's in the game. But this is specifically oh, it's about just a global China. One. Okay, right. So I think, from my understanding, it's just like regular Dota, except like you pick a hero, it comes with his regular four skills, and then you get to add two skills and some. I don't know how they do it exactly. Mm-hmm. So not that into like not that uh, what's the word unique, I guess. But apparently, it's gotten very very popular, which to me is just shocking because most people don't want to play a full game of Dota as a custom game. They came out with a Necrophos Persona, which I'm going to show on the screen, actually. So you need to describe this for people that are listening. Okay, okay there we go. What do you see there, Cinderin? Uh, it is, in anime style, a female, doc- uh, female nurse, uh, and her scythe is an IV drop on a cane. That's correct. So... The reason I'm showing... You might be wondering, why the hell am I showing you this? I'm gonna... Do you want me to keep this on the screen or... Yeah, we'll keep it on the screen. So there was a comment, and I have not confirmed this at all. This could... I, this sounds real, though. I'm gonna read this comment from somebody that didn't give enough context. It's the guy that made the thread, that nobody apparently read this. So for the last few months, many top Chinese streamers have been streaming only OMG 4 Plus 2 contributing to a somewhat decline in players queuing normal Dota games. Then, and this is where it gets interesting, then Perfect World started a pretty massive marketing campaign for the game mode, advertising their own matchmaking client, something like Face It, for OMG 4 Plus 2, and a bunch of promotional goodies encouraging players to sign up and play the game mode. I don't know about others, but personally I feel it's, like it's weird that for the official Valve partner to dedicate marketing efforts towards an unofficial game mod especially when the advertisements are played in between DPC games where traditional Dota is played. This, coupled with OMG 4 Plus 2 streamers, led to a surge in popularity of the game mode. 
and arguably a decline in players playing traditional Dota. The result is that, especially at the Immortal level, players have a hard time searching for Dota games. Chinese streamers preferred normal Dota starting started to play in the SEA servers for faster queue times, and this also caused a trickle-down effect of lower MMR players trying out the SEA server. Of course, I don't have official data or evidence to back my claims, but I think the popularity of OMG 4 Plus 2 led to fewer players in the official Chinese servers, which in turn led streamers and players to abandoning the server entirely and embracing the SEA servers instead. I don't think the rest really mm. matters that much, but I find this so fascinating. Like, Perfect World is just like their own entity. Like, Valve kind of just lets them do what they want because it's probably mm -hmm. just part of the negotiation. Can you imagine this being something that Valve would do? Can you imagine marketing for a custom game and then getting so popular that it actually lower, like, lowers the amount of players that you actually have playing regular Dota? That's crazy. But this is why Valve are five-hit, right? That's why they don't... That's why they don't advertise their custom games because they know they need the players in regular <laughs> Dota. So they don't do that. That's why they advertise regular Dota a lot so that people play that. Great call, Cinder, and thank you, as always. Great analysis. Uh, but yeah, I found this really interesting. Uh, it sounded so fake, but I'm assuming this is real. A perfect I'm, world or... Okay, I'll just say this. If this was fake, the comment is fake, and this model <laughs> is fake, someone went really, really yeah. hard to troll. And then I just respect the fuck out of it if this isn't real. Right. So there's like no way, right? But that would be really funny. But can you imagine um, like a game a custom game coming out that just cuts let's just say in theory cuts the player base in half for regular dota what happened with auto chess I, that increased the player base probably it increased the player base but i think quite a few of the people playing auto chess did not play dota at the time right then they went and played auto chess instead the difference is Which, though they're not comparable games they're completely mm -hmm. different genres this is literally dota that's fair with two extra skills yeah, yeah. So the people, like a very large percentage of the people playing auto chess when it was at its peak were people that didn't even have Dota to begin with. They had to download it just to play that. Shannon, here's what you need to do. If Ability Arena has a pro positive reception on launch, you write to Perfect World. That's and you I'm get thinking. them. You get them to promote Ability Arena and you put in the cutest fucking waifu Zeus ever and people will love it. Okay, that's what you're going to do. So instead of the Gaben model that we have, it's an mm -hmm. anime character. Yes. Okay. That sounds easy. Easy enough to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is the end of the episode. Uh, long. <laughs> I feel like we didn't have that many topics, but ended up an hour and 13 because Sinner would not shut up as usual. You're Appreciate welcome. That. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, until next time, Sunset and Sin signing out. Have a good one. Peace. Bye. We say thanks Subscribe. Anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.